0: You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. So let's turn to the final part of today's program, and that is our Radio for Good Feature. And each week we like to highlight the great work that our NGOs and charities are doing for our city. And this week I'm really, really delighted to be joined once again by Lucinda Pike, who is the Executive Director at Enrich Hong Kong, uh, which is a wonderful charity that empowers our migrant worker communities uh, by helping them being better with money. Welcome, on the program thank you so much Lucinda for joining us
1: Thank you, Noreen, it's so good to be here and it's so good to see you again in person.
0: I know, I was saying welcome back, but you know, since we last spoke, we'd had the one, two, three show and now it's brunch, so true. technically it's welcome to the new program. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so um, we, we definitely, at Radio 3, we support and follow the work you do at Enrich Hong Kong. Now, can you remind our listeners once again, who may not be so familiar, uh, what exactly do you do there?
1: So at Enrich, we provide financial literacy and empowerment education to migrant domestic workers. Um, There are 340,000 migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong, primarily from the Philippines and from Indonesia, and they play a vital role in Hong Kong, providing care for the elderly and also for children. Uh, But unfortunately, they face a number of financial difficulties across their migration journey, uh, and many go home worse off rather than better off. So at Enrich, we are a charity and we provide financial education programs every single weekend in Bahasa, in Tagalog, um, around how to manage their money, but also empowerment as well. So teaching them confidence, communication, the power to say no, particularly when it comes to loans and other things like that. Um, And so it's really important for us to make sure that financial literacy is a fun, engaging topic. And we also see that it's something that can be very impactful and life-changing as well. Why is it so hard for some
0: of these ladies to um, uh, save money or how do they find themselves in financial difficulties, uh, you know, working overseas?
1: Well, I mean, pre-pandemic, the situation has always been that migrant domestic workers, the majority, need to take out recruitment loans to actually arrive and work in Hong Kong. So they're arriving already in some level of debt. Then on the salaries that they have, just over 4,700 Hong Kong dollars, there's expectation from family members back home to send money back home straight away. And so many um, are unable to have the financial um, savings to be able to send them back. So they often need to turn to money lenders. And in Hong Kong, the the interest rates can be extortionate. Extortionate. So many get trapped in a cycle of debt um, and it becomes much, much harder to get out of that um, and are often not taught the skills to be able to know the importance emergency savings and so on um, and how to budget and plan and that's something that we then do but there's obviously emergencies and crises that happen back home too they have to support family members who might be unwell or there might be a typhoon Um, and then of course during the pandemic all of that has been like so many other vulnerable groups all the existing inequities they face and challenges have just been exacerbated
0: that's right um you know we often hear stories of family members back home maybe not unable to work so then that actually increases the financial burden on the the lady well i say ladies but there are um, male uh, migrant workers too um, but but mostly are, are, are the ladies and it falls on their shoulders what yeah. sorts of uh, examples have you heard uh, during the pandemic
1: so we we've heard we've heard a lot of different stories um and what we've also tried to do is collect a bit more data from the community. So last year with helper choice, which is an ethical recruitment agency, we conducted a survey and over over 800 um, migrant domestic workers, and actually 69% said that they had been um, financially impacted by the pandemic. And over 61% said they reported feeling more stressed as a result of that. And obviously, there's there's a lot to be said about that the stresses of the pandemic, but in particularly financial for this community. Uh, there was a lot of people that are now using this as an opportunity to scam them So we're seeing a lot of cryptocurrency scams, for example. We're seeing a lot of other scams deliberately target them. The other challenge really is that there are very, very few safety nets for them. So they don't have the same access to financial services that you or or myself might in Hong Kong. So it means that when there is an emergency or when there is a family member in lockdown in a home country. They turn to loans. They turn to loans and they turn to unlicensed money lenders as well. And because there are very, very few opportunities and other options in Hong Kong. So without that, that can be incredibly challenging challenging but of course with the salaries they have the financial pressure of the pandemic even from purchasing rat tests masks all of that puts additional strain on their finances um, as well as their needing to send money back home and so for us as well it's it's a combination of the existing inequalities which have been exacerbated but now the levels of debt and, and is much much higher than we've seen before so we are um frequently seeing women who are in debt of a hundred thousand Hong Kong dollars. Oh One gosh. woman up to two hundred Um, Thousand Hong Kong dollars and (laughs) even though the initial
0: money that they borrowed was was very low it just accumulates to that
1: amount exactly and it was really it was really it started off because she had a family member an uncle that was unwell and she needed to find money to support the medical treatment back home and then it became another loan to take out another loan and it became a very vicious cycle and the interest rates were then meaning was that that was accumulating so the other thing that we're now seeing too is that the mental health Uh, is a huge concern amongst the community Um, obviously mental health has been challenging for everyone (laughs) during the pandemic Um, but particularly for this community whether there are much, cha- much harder challenges in terms of accessing mental health support um, and even being able to know that the sort of some of the cultural stereotypes that go around mental health too. Is that's right. Uh, it's,
0: I think it, it stems across uh, communities and across yeah. culture that sometimes when you are facing uh, challenges um, in terms of mental health that people don't really seek for help. Yeah. 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 Um, Lucinda, so that's when Enrich comes in. Mm. What sorts of projects have you been doing since the pandemic to really uh, uplift this community?
1: So we've been, so like I said, all of our programs we've been running every weekend. So like everyone else, we moved a lot of things online. So that's continued every single weekend throughout the pandemic. We've continued our workshops.
0: And they are so savvy. You know, migrant workers are savvy online because they have to use technology to stay in touch with their families at home. Yes. Yeah. So it's a, actually a tool that they're not so, um, that they're not shy with it.
1: Yes, it's it's been, it has had some, it's definitely been that case for some, but there's also been challenges, for example, the Indonesian community, things like Zoom at the beginning oh, yes. was not in Bahasa. All the all the actual instructions were all in English. Oh, really? So um, oh. sometimes the cultural appropriateness of some of the technology yeah. can be a barrier. Um, yeah. But I think that the, the community has been able to adjust to that now. And we've also seen technology improve in terms of having more languages accessible. Um, but it, it, obviously, there is a lot of a lot of the technology is often in English. So um, so we've been running workshops every single weekend throughout the pandemic. We, whether that's our basic financial literacy programs, our empowerment, our more advanced ones around how to set up a business, or about investments and safe investments and avoiding scams. But we've also done a series of initiatives to support them. So in terms of helping to alleviate some of the financial distress, we've had an enriched Gives program where we've been distributing thousands of masks, rat tests, hand sanitizers, all of these things that we know are essential for the community. We've had um, online Ask the expert series, which are topical yes, series that I are on that. where we yeah. ask uh, guest speakers to come in. And we have a couple coming up um, on Friday the 9th and then the following Friday about scams and, and topical issues. Um, we've also been starting this year a program which we call Safe Space Friday which is just an online again Facebook uh, an online group where we actually one of the advantages of actually getting uh, guest experts and counsellors from Indonesia and from the Philippines to dial in and we've been having this as a safe space where domestic workers can share their concerns share how they're feeling we can refer we have had some women who are quite suicidal so we can actually refer them to the necessary support but it's actually been a simple tool to actually make sure the community feel that they can speak to someone else, and that's that's really what we've heard that actually they felt they have felt so alone during the pandemic, and obviously they're with their employers' homes six days a week. Um, and well, some during the fifth wave, it was. Fifth wave. We also heard that some of the helpers didn't even get a day off. Exactly, and yeah. we and we were hearing from some of our, particularly some of our community, that some were not being allowed to leave the house for three or four months on end. So oh, you can imagine the, what that would do to your mental health. To not have any sunlight, to not be outdoors exactly. at all. So it's really about, so we, we really think the mental health is something that has very strong ties to financial well-being, um, the financial resilience and, and mental resilience, are, are, there's a lot of evidence to support uh, the, the relationship as there well. and the health yes. as well. Um, so we're also going to be releasing a mental health toolkit for the community, which is in a, a partnership with a couple of other organisations like Lensational and Guhit Kalai, looking at a bit of art and photography so making it something that is also relevant to the community and also again in their language as well as something that's really important um, but we do think it's really it, it is quite important to make sure a lot of these uh, these interventions are accessible so even when we've been doing lunch and learns they're quite short two-hour sessions about different topics around financial wellness and mental well-being um, and, and the community have responded really well to those
0: yeah lucinda going back to something you said you, mm. you've heard cases where you know um, helpers and not allowed to leave the house for three months. Surely that's not legal. Now, I know there are other NGOs who sort of deal with that.
1: Uh, does Enrich also work with other NGOs and refer cases to, to them? Yeah, so we, we really believe, I think one of the, the, the fifth wave has been challenging for everyone. Um, I think one of the silver linings has been really just strengthening the collaboration amongst a lot of these NGOs. And so we have a migrant domestic worker coalition. And actually, and this is a group of NGOs serving domestic workers, um, including Pathfinders, Help for Domestic Workers, Mission for Migrant Workers. Uh, and many others and we came together early on in the fifth wave to produce an information pamphlet for domestic workers who are testing positive and also to produce some information from employers about what to do and similarly we really believe that we can help to um, sort of bridge the gap in terms of providing more information for the community Um, information is power information you know knowledge is is so important Um, and also we can collaborate to refer across services as well so whether that is a domestic worker who has been unable to leave her employer's house for months on end or whether it's a domestic worker who's born pregnant we can refer to Pathfinders and so on um, and similarly to us with, with financial counselling and, and, other, and other situations
0: Yeah well finally um, you know the other side of the coin is employers how can employers be more supportive how can we check in to make sure that you know our helpers aren't stressed financially everybody can be quite stressed financially but what can we how can we start this conversation Um, I think we've talked about this before but
1: money is not something that people are so comfortable comfortable talking about (laughs) money money is incredibly difficult to talk about um and it's it's incredibly difficult to talk about with your employer. <laughs> um, so you can imagine the, the challenges if you, were, if you are an employer of a migrant domestic worker, that, that can be challenging. So it's, it's trying to think about that this, this is an employee-employee relationship in a way. How, how would you start that conversation if you were in, in a workplace? So there are, there are natural points in that journey. So for mm. example, the end of every month when there might be being payments being made, then that's a the time to have a, a conversation yes. if there's anything, any concerns they might have, any needs they might have. Um, it always suggests, we have a 10 tips leaflet for employers that can be found on our website and there's a lot of simple tips there from helping to set up a bank account because sometimes that can be quite challenging and that helps domestic workers keep uh, their finances in a safe space um, and again it's and just... there are some
0: great banks you know, banks out there that uh, will offer um, a, a non-minimal amount in the bank and that's important because if you only have under 2,000 some banks deduct money, deduct $50 a month and that's kind of pointless. Yeah,
1: Yeah, with the, with the- virtual banking licenses in Hong Kong we've actually seen a lot of those minimum deposits decrease which yes, is great, great. Um, but there's, there are still some challenges to actually opening bank accounts for example not ba- banks not being open on Sundays that's language right. barriers and so on so actually having a bank account can actually protect the employer and the domestic worker because there's a record. That then it's somewhere safe for her to keep her finances. Um, and there, are, if you have a look at our 10 tips leaflet, there's a couple of other tips that we give there. But trying to find a way to have that conversation and open up the space, knowing that uh, the domestic worker you employ can speak to you if there are any challenges and finding those natural points, uh, whether it's the end of the month or whether it's Christmas coming up at the moment too. And Christmas can be an incredibly expensive time for everyone Um, so that can also be an opportunity to have a conversation about whether they have a budget for Christmas whether they have a plan uh, whether they're sending more money back home at Christmas and so on, so that's something to to think about. That's right, because it can be quite a stressful time that they are
0: expected to bring lots of gifts and even you know give money to their family members Correct. during this Christmas period, and yes. it's quite stressful. Have you heard stories of people not rather not go back at Christmas? Yes,
1: we've actually some of our participants that join our workshop do say after they realise now the importance of budgeting, planning, and and actually having budgets for certain certain needs and certain things that are coming up. Actually, some say they prefer to go back at different times like Easter rather than Christmas because they see the financial burden. But of course, it's Christmas now and many haven't been home for three years. So it's... It's incredibly challenging to balance out the sort of the personal needs with the, the financial. But it's also about managing expectations from the family. And we have a money and family workshop where we do a lot of role-playing. Um, again, learning how to say no, learning how to have conversations about the values around money amongst family members. Mm-hmm. And that one can get quite emotional. There's a lot of often a lot of crying because it's it's very challenging.
0: Absolutely. Uh, remind our listeners once again, Lucinda, how can we find out more about Enrich? And uh, have you got a website and on social media yeah.
1: So our website is Um and we are on Facebook, uh, we're on LinkedIn. Um, and Instagram as well. So you can find us there. And we have a lot of resources on our website, whether that's for employers, also for domestic workers. Um, and of course, if you're an employer, you can consider enrolling her in our programs. Um, and we, and again, we can. there's a lot of other resources there. There's so
0: many gonna... programs that yeah. you you have Christmases coming up, maybe they would make for a really great Christmas present. Exactly. So, what exactly. sorts of programs uh, have you got? I know there's one that, that you know for budgeting and for b- running a business.
1: So we have Moneywise Migrants, which is an introductory financial literacy program. Uh, again, the basics of planning, budgeting, the importance of emergency savings. We also have our growing my money workshop which is about investments and safe investments and also ways to look at, we we never promote any financial products but it's more about giving them the knowledge to make the decision that's right for them Mm. and the different investment tools they could look at. Uh, Setting up my business is about how to set up a business back home and we do actually find that we have more domestic workers who decide not to set up a business after the program (laughs) because they actually realise with a business plan that it it can be very expensive set up a business and many actually need to take out loans and and businesses do fail so it's actually about giving them the the knowledge the the, the reality and the the knowledge if they do want to set one up and then we have two empowerment programs around uh, money and family which is about how to have these conversations with family members and speak up which is about confidence and communication so those are our core programs and we, those are the ones where we see the deepest impact. And we did a, an impact study with the Chinese University of Hong Kong. And again, over 96% now tracking their expenses, uh, over 90% saving more money. Um, and this is actually published in the Anto- International Journal for Social Welfare. So we know it works, it works. Um, but there are also a lot of other um, programs that we're experimenting with, like these lunch and learns I mentioned, like this safe, safe safe Space Fridays, like the RC experts, where people can actually just drop in for 20 minutes or an hour and just, uh, just learn a little bit. Whereas our programs are four hours, sometimes eight hours long. Yeah. So a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. Well, Lucinda, it's always so nice. Thank you so much to you and your team for doing such great work for our community and for our migrant uh, domestic workers who are a, a, a huge backbone to our economy, really. I mean, um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our, you know, our lovely helper at home. So thank you so much. Thank you, for you and, your team. Really. and also uh, congratulations uh, to you for being one of the nominees of the inaugural uh, Front End Female Awards, uh, Hong Kong. Congratulations oh, once you. again. <laughs> thank you.